Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello there. How wonderful it is to see you return to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we... Oh, I see you've noticed over in the back corner there a stone statue of a Greek soldier from ancient times. Now, tradition has it that this statue is none other than a victim of the infamous Gorgon Medusa. Now, such tales can be found in Greek mythology, but such tales can also be found in something more recent. And therein lies the essence of today's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the mutoscope and take a look at the new Disney Plus series, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. So Percy Jackson and the Olympians is a new series on Disney Plus that I have kind of been looking forward to, really anticipating this. Now it's based off the young adult fantasy novels by author Rick Roden. I believe the first novel, The Lightning Thief, which this first season of Percy Jackson is based off, came out in 2005. Now, this isn't the first attempt to adapt these novels because Chris Columbus actually directed and produced Percy Jackson and the Olympians, uh, The Lightning Thief for 20th Century Fox back in 2010. And there was a second film in the series, Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters, which came out in 2013. And there was actually a third installment that uh, was going to be Titan's Curse, but that one never even went into production because I, I think a lot of fans of the novels didn't care for the ways in which they deviated from the source material. I know, for one, I want to say I watched the first movie, The Lightning Thief. I don't think I saw the second movie, but uh, it was so forgettable and unfortunately because Chris Columbus, uh, I love him as a screenwriter and director, but just this wasn't the the right vehicle because they aged up the kids uh, in the books. They're more like tweens, like uh, 12 years old, somewhere around there. In the movies, they made them teenagers. And I can understand people being uh, a little bit put off by that because... You know, when you're adapting stories, you know, people love these stories. You know, Harry Potter, you didn't want to make Harry Potter a teenager in that first movie or you would have alienated all those people that loved the little kid Harry Potter that you got in the Philosopher's Stone. So the movie adaptations of Percy Jackson uh, kind of fell through. But when Disney announced that they were going to do a TV series for Percy Jackson and the Olympians, I thought, okay, this might be the best way to go about it because one, you're not confined by an hour and a half, two hour movie. You've got several episodes. I think there are eight episodes in this first season. Uh, so you've got almost eight hours worth of content to tell these stories. And when you're doing a novel, I think that's where a lot of filmmakers go wrong with Stephen King works is that they try to cram a Stephen King book into an hour and a half to two hour movie 
And you just can't do that. Stephen King's stories are so rich and he does so much in building worlds that you're you're entering into that you can't add everything. Even doing it in a limited series or a mini series, if you will, you still have to leave some things out. You still have to change some things. Uh, but yeah, you you really are doing yourself a disservice if you try to cram a, a novel's worth of material into an hour and a half, two hour movie. And I think that's where they went in the right direction with doing Percy Jackson and the Olympians as a series for Disney Plus because you had the time, you had the real estate to to build this world, to build these characters, to do all the things that happen in the book, to hit all the beats and all the important benchmark points in the story. And and I think for the most part they did a good job with that. Now we're going to get into some spoiler territory. Uh I am not going to go into too much detail of a a play-by-play. We're not going to compare the books to the series too much because I've never read these books. These are for young adults or kids or whatever. And that's not to say that I couldn't enjoy them as an adult, but it's just something that was never on my radar. And I never read these books. And I don't know as if I will. I don't know as if I have to now. As a grown-ass man who does enjoy a good story, but I don't know as if I want to read young adult novels. To be able to watch the story unfold the way it has on the small screen and the way in which they've done it. And from what I understand, it's a fairly faithful adaptation of these books. I don't know as if I have to. Now, don't get me wrong. If your kids, I think, would be into this, or even if you would be into this, I think it would be definitely worth your time to read the books because obvious, even though you've got the real estate of doing, you know, like I said, almost eight hours worth of content, for this first season, there's still a lot of things from the books that you can't get in a, an adaptation because there's a lot of inner monologues and that sort of thing that you just can't portray on a show or a movie. And I think that in and of itself makes these stories worth reading if you're into the, these sorts of books. I, for one, am not, uh, but I do like the stories and I think you're getting a pretty good adaptation and a pretty accurate representation of the books, even though it may not be word for word how it is in the books. So I encourage everyone to check this out. It really is fun. If you love Greek mythology, if you love a good adventure, uh, you know, and you, you know, it kind of reminds me of some of those great movies from the 80s where, you know, the kids are on some adventure. Goonies always comes top of mind. E.T. To, to some degree, the explorers, things like that. It definitely does harken back to those those stories. So it was fun for me to watch, and I quite enjoyed it. And I encourage you to check it out. We're not going to get into too much detail in the non-spoiler section. I'm going to talk about the bulk of this in the spoilers. Uh, it was a good cast. Even though there were some differences in the characters, again, we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. I really enjoyed Walker Scoble uh, ever since I saw him play the young Ryan Reynolds character in uh, The Adam Project. I've just been a big fan of his. And of course, he's he's been uh, all over. I know his his dad was in the military, so he's, he's bounced around from the West Coast to the East Coast, but he did spend some time in northeast Pennsylvania, not not the region, the town northeast up by Erie, and which is not far from where I'm living currently, and uh, about a 
you know, 40 minute, 35 minute drive. And so kind of got local ties. So I was always glad to see him, you know, start to really make a name for himself and see his star start to shine a little brighter when you see a kid with local ties, you know, doing big things. It's always good to see. And he's a really uh, a good, wonderful young actor. And so I really enjoyed him. I enjoyed a lot of the other uh, characters. But again, we'll talk about them in the spoiler section. So go check out Percy Jackson and the Olympians on Disney Plus right now. All episodes are out. I think you'll enjoy it because I think this is uh, a fun story if you like Greek mythology. Uh, I know my wife didn't really care about the the books or anything like that, but she's really into Greek mythology, so she found herself uh, getting sucked in uh, as I watched the first episode. She she missed parts of it, but then I caught her kind of watching out of the corner of her eye, and then she ended up watching the rest of the series with me just by the sheer fact that she enjoys Greek mythology, and this really delves deep into that. So go check out Percy Jackson, The Olympians, and then come back and hear my thoughts on it as we get into some spoiler territory right now. So like I said, this story, this first season is based on the first novel, The Lightning Thief. Now there are multiple novels in this Percy Jackson story. I believe as far as like the main novels, there are five main novels in this story. You've got the first novel, The Lightning Thief, the second novel, The Sea of Monsters. Third novel, The Titan's Curse. Fourth novel is The Battle of the Labyrinth. And the fifth and final in the main story that we're getting is The Last Olympian. And I know the creators and the showrunners for Percy Jackson and the Olympians plan on doing this in five seasons so they can tell this main story. Now, there was a sequel series of two books, The Heroes of Olympus and The Trials of Apollo. Uh, there also uh, there's at least one other standalone story, the Chalice of the Gods, which kind of takes place in between the Heroes of Olympus and the Trials of Apollo. And I know Rick Roden has another novel that's supposed to be coming out uh, September 24th of this year called Wrath of the Triple Goddess. But as far as like I said, this this main story that we're getting, it is done in five novels, and they're they're trying to do this. They want to do this in five seasons so they can do a novel a season uh, now the series has not been picked up for a second season yet but uh, I'm hoping that it, it does well enough that they at least give it another season and give fans a chance to to check this out because as I said uh, it really is a close adaptation to the stories that Rick Roden wrote or at least this first novel I, I know it changes it up a little bit and some of the characters change up a little bit. But for the most part, what I understand of this story, I mean, it hits all the main beats. The ending is a little bit different, but uh, we're going to talk right now. We're going to talk about some of these main characters that I really enjoyed and some of the some of the characters and the actors that we got showing up as some of these other characters uh, within this story that I, I really enjoyed. So, of course, Percy Jackson being played by Walker Scoble, a young demigod, the son of Poseidon. I know when I first started watching it, I didn't know a whole lot about the books. And I'm like, well, that's not right, because Percy Jackson is based on the character from Greek mythology, Perseus, which is a demigod, but he's the son of Zeus not the son of Poseidon. I'm like, well, they got that wrong. And I, I ended up finding out later that 
Rick Roden did change that to essentially change it. Uh, he didn't want it to be something where everybody knows the story because we've heard the mythology, we've seen Clash of the Titans, we've seen the Perseus character on the screen before, and he just wanted to do something that was a little bit different. It's Greek mythology, but it's not a, an exact correlation to the Greek mythology that we're used to. But I really like Walker Scoble in this. Percy Jackson is supposed to be 12 years old in this. Uh, Walker Scoble, I'm not sure how old he is, but he's got to be like, uh, well, I think he, I don't know when they filmed this, but I know he's like 15 right now. So uh, these characters seem a little older, but they they pull off being around 12 years old. Uh, I'm not going to bemoan the casting on this because the actors happen to be a little bit older than the characters that they're playing because they are really good young actors. And I just hope they don't pull a Stranger Things ordeal where you have these young actors playing these young characters and then you wait two years in between seasons and then you have these young actors that have aged but their characters haven't aged that much in the season that you're getting and so you get actors and they look much older than the characters they're playing like egregiously so so hopefully they don't wait around too long to green light a second season but i really enjoyed walker scoble as percy jackson i think he he's got a charm about him as an actor and i i think that's what made him so likable in the adam project playing a young ryan reynolds uh or at least ryan reynolds character and i really enjoyed him in that and he's just got a charisma about him that goes far beyond that natural kid charisma that you get in a lot of young actors. You know, kids can be naturally charismatic, but to be able to pull that off as you get older, and I think he has. I mean, he's a lot older now than he was when he did The Adam Project, at least by a couple years, and he still has that charisma, and he still has, you know, he's got a, showing a good range of emotion as an actor, uh, you know, with the Adam Project, it really didn't uh, call for him to draw in much range. This, I think this story is giving him uh, a little bit more to work with as an actor. And I really enjoyed that uh, to seeing him grow as an actor. It's really fun to watch. And of course, the Percy Jackson character, I think, is a really interesting character. The Perseus character from mythology that he's based on is an interesting character. It's this demigod who feels abandoned by his father and i think they really delve into that abandonment that absentee parentism that you get between percy and poseidon and for as much as i enjoyed uh them casting walker scoble as a young version of ryan reynolds in the adam project uh the young actor asriel damon portrays a young percy and he really does look like a younger version of walker scoble uh, the, the casting there was just perfect on that now two characters i knew when they started talking about this and they started talking about the cast that a lot of people were a little upset and i'm not going to say it wasn't justifiable at the time, because when people read books, especially fans of the books, if you're just bitching because it's a race swap and you don't know anything about the books, then that's, you know, uh, I, that's not cool. But I know there were fans of the books that 
pictured these characters as they're described in the books. And when they kind of race swapped a couple of these characters, uh, again, I haven't read the book, so I didn't have a skin in the game. I was more like, uh, well, let's just see how it plays out and, and how these actors do. And I didn't know what the characters were described as in the books. So like I said, I didn't really have a skin in the game, but I could understand people wanting to see the characters that they read about on the screen. Now, when they cast Leah Sava Jeffries as Annabeth Chase and Ariane Shamadi as Grover Underwood, I didn't know much about these two actors at the time of the casting, but it didn't bother me personally as much because like I said, I didn't read the books, so I didn't have any expectations as to what these characters were. Were. Now, after they made these casting decisions, I did get to see Leah Jeffries in Beast with Idris Elba, and she did a really good job. I, I really enjoyed her in that. Ariane Shamadi, uh, an actor I'm not terribly familiar with, even though I've heard of some of the things he's done, Cheaper by the Dozen, things like that. Uh, but I thought both of these actors did a wonderful job with Walker Scoble in playing this trio of characters and trio of friends i thought leah jeffries as annabeth chase had the the right amount of of attitude and the right amount of sympathy in the scenes where you know you're learning about her and her relationship with talia and her relationship with luke and the budding relationship between annabeth and percy you you really enjoy all those beats and i think she does a really good job in portraying uh her end of those beats aryan shamadi uh, as grover i really love him he has really good comedic timing for a young actor and he really plays kind of that you know he's a a fawn or you know kind of like pan and very in touch with nature and there's almost a an innocence about this character a natural innocence and I, I mean natural in the way of nature and the goodness of nature and the innocence of just caring about nature and the creatures and he plays that sort of innocence it's not a naivety it's an innocence and he plays that so well with this Grover character that it just makes the character so endearing and so likable he is kind of that friend that is going to to stick by your side no matter what with with Percy and and I really like this character like I said he's got some really funny scenes and some really good comedic timing so these three actors playing these three main characters really made this show uh, they were so enjoyable to watch together, whether the two actors or even Walker Scoble as Percy, whether they look like how the characters are described in the book. I, I don't care. As somebody who didn't read the books and, like I said earlier, didn't have a skin in the game as far as that goes, this is a situation where I think the race swap, uh, while I can understand people being upset with the initial idea of casting this way, you can't be upset with how these actors performed in these roles. And I think this is a situation where I think, you know, race swapping didn't affect the story being told. And I thought these actors, all of them, all three of them, did a really good job with these three main characters. Now, this is a story that uh, is essentially a fetch quest. Uh, to use the parlance of role-playing games, it's a fetch quest because Percy, once he gets to the camp and loses his mother, he's put on this quest 
to find the Zeus's lightning bolt. And they're traveling across the country to enter into the underworld. And that's essentially what you get. You get a quest where they're they're on a road trip and they're meeting up with all these different amazing creatures and amazing characters, all played by really good actors. I don't want to get into the weeds with trying to talk about each instance, but we are going to talk about some of the actors that played some of these characters along the way that that I really enjoyed. First off, I did enjoy Virginia Cull as Sally Jackson, Percy's mother. She has a, a, a great toughness as a, she's not a single mom. She has a a husband, I believe, in this, Percy's stepfather. But uh, but it, she has been essentially a single mom uh, for most of her life, having been uh, her son being fathered by a god who's not in the picture. And, and you have that strength, but you also have a vulnerability about her that in some of the flashback scenes, the, that vulnerability of a mother who's just trying to do right by her son, given all the extraordinary circumstances that he is going to encounter that she knows she's going to encounter and that she knows she can only do so much to protect him. And, and I really enjoyed her performance there. Glenn Turman as Chiron or, or Mr. Bruner. Uh, it was great to see him. Who He didn't he play. He played Jeffrey on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And it was really cool to see him. It, this is a good, you know, kind of leader. He's the Latin teacher in Percy's school, but he's also the leader of this camp as a centaur. He definitely does a great job of playing that, that wise, strong leader. You get a couple characters at the camp. You have Dior Goodjohn as Clarice. She's a daughter of Ares, kind of a bullied Percy. You have uh, Charlie Bushnell as Luke. He is a son of Hermes, but uh, kind of befriends Percy along the way and is kind of an adoptive self-adoptive brother to the Annabeth character. I thought both of them did a really good job. If they get a second season, I know those two characters uh, are going to be featured a little more, so it'd be really cool to see both of those actors, uh, especially the Dior Goodjohn. I, I don't think her character was explored enough. It'll be interesting to see how they do that, and the Luke character is a very complex character that we'll talk about once we get towards the end of this. But one of the uh, cameos that I thought was really good and I really enjoyed was when Ares showed up and played by Adam Copeland. And if you're a wrestling fan, you know him as Edge in WWE and uh, I don't, I'm not sure what he's going now by in AEW, but uh, actually uh, quite a good actor. He's got, a, again, a natural charisma and charm about him. If you watched him in any of his wrestling promos, you you saw that this guy could... He's got some acting chops and that he could do a good job and he could be one of those wrestlers turned actors that that really pulls it off, kind of like Batista did, uh, kind of like John, as much as I don't like John Cena as a wrestler, uh, you know, he, he does some, some decent stuff in the acting world. Now, one actress that we saw... Uh, Jessica Parker Kennedy as Medusa. She was probably one of the first monsters, the the Gorgon that we actually got to see. And that was a really cool scene where she's kind of tempting Percy to, to join her. And then you have a, a bit of a scene that is very reminiscent of 
Perseus and Medusa kind of stalking each other from Clash of the Titans, uh, the the 1980s version at the very least. Uh, that was kind of a cool scene, and and Percy cutting off her head and shipping it to Mount Olympus was kind of a a, a badass baller move that I thought was quite funny, and and to see how that all played out in the very end with that little bit of a mid credit scene where his then ex stepfather opens the package that was addressed to Percy and, and gets turned into to stone was was quite funny and fun little PS to the series. Uh, Suzanne Cryer as Echidna, the mother of monsters, that was a fun cameo. And that whole scene with the uh, her and the uh, Chimera on the St. Louis Arch with Percy. That was a that was a good and tension building scene. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. And then of course when he falls from the from the hole at the top of the St. Louis Arch and then kind of gets taken away into the water and you get kind of that tease of him finally meeting Poseidon. That was one of those things that made me want to see more of what this story had to offer. I think it was in that St. Louis bit of the story that they kind of introduced the three fates, uh, which is that that's what I think I like about this story the most. And the way they filmed this was the all the different nods to bits of Greek mythology. When you see these three ladies there knitting, uh, these three older ladies there knitting, and I'm like, oh my God, that's that's the three fates. I'm like nudging my wife and that's the three fates. That's the three fates. And and then to find that that was exactly what they are. It's kind of fun to watch and see some of these things that you're like, oh, I think I know what that is. And then to have it confirmed is Quite enjoyable with this series. Lin-Manuel Miranda as Hermes, I, I think, was a fun cameo. I think the two cameos I was really looking forward to most was the Toby Stevens. Maybe not even so much a cameo, but him showing up later in the series. Of course, he plays Poseidon, uh, the father to Percy Jackson. And I loved him as John Robinson in the Netflix Lost in Space series. I thought he did a really good job in that. And some of the other things that I've seen him in, I uh, was really excited to see him. And, and it did not disappoint. I thought he played a really good Poseidon. It was a very uh, sympathetic character. You know, you, you have this story about him being kind of the absentee parent and kind of leaving Percy behind and and Percy having all this angst toward him. But then when you finally realize, and that's not to justify anyone else being an absentee parent, but when you find out the extraordinary circumstances with a god and a demigod and a human mother, it makes sense and he is a little more sympathetic and and that reunion and and him accepting Percy as his son and that that moment where he kind of shows the world that this is my son that was kind of a goosebumpy moment and all those scenes with him and Percy and them trying to get to know each other I, I can't wait to see more of that if we get a second season out of this and the other character that I was really excited about seeing the actor was Lance Riddick as Zeus and unfortunately this is one of those situations where 2023 had two actors pass away before their final performance was released. You had Ray Stevenson, who played in the Ahsoka series, pass away before Ahsoka was released. And you had that with this, where Lance Reddick passed away from heart disease 
before the release of Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Well, I think Ray Stevenson had a, a, I don't want to say a better performance, but he had more of a performance that really featured him. And it's going to be really tough for them to figure out what they're going to do with the Ahsoka series when they do a second season with this character. Recast them. What do you do? Do you write them off? Uh, I think you're in a similar situation here, but Lance Reddick didn't get a ton of screen time, unlike Ray Stevenson, which is a shame because I think Lance Reddick is a, a wonderful actor. And I was really looking forward to seeing more of him in a second season uh, after this was all said and done. And I'm like, oh, well, no, I'm not going to. They're going to have to recast this character. And as much as I'm sure whoever fills the shoes of Lance Reddick and and fills the shoes of this Zeus character uh, is probably going to be a wonderful actor, it's going to be disappointing that we didn't really get to see Lance Reddick do uh, what he does so well in, in as much as acting with this character because he does kind of have that powerful presence that you expect from a character like Zeus. And to see him, you know, taken from us far too soon and and never get to see him really fully play this character is, is probably one of the only disappointments and it has nothing to do with the, the show or the acting or the way the show was run, produced, directed, anything like that. It's just, it's how the fates called it. And it's unfortunate we won't get to see Lance Reddick as this character in, in a second season. And there was one other cameo you had. Rick Roden, actually the author of the Percy Jackson and the Olympians stories. Uh, he actually played a teacher in the headmaster's office at the academy uh, that Percy was at. And he was also a statue in Medusa's little garden there in, in one of those early episodes. So it was kind of cool to see him. Uh, the headmaster's office one, uh, I caught that. I didn't know, I didn't realize the statue one until I read about it later. But, uh, but very cool that they are involving him with this series, not only as an executive producer, but in some some little cameos, which I thought were quite fun. But I really did enjoy this. I Like I said, it, it's a big fetch quest. Uh, I thought it has some twists and turns. If you know the books, you're going to understand those twists and turns, and you're going to know what those twists and turns are. Uh, I think hopefully it's as fun for you to watch as it was for you to read. For me, who hasn't read the book, I really enjoyed some of those uh, mysteries that they create. The mystery of who stole Zeus's thunderbolt. Uh, the, the involvement of Ares. Uh, the whole thing with the flying shoes pulling Grover down to Tartarus. That that was interesting as to you know, what the hell is going on here. Trying to figure this all out. You had that prophecy about how... Percy is going to essentially do what he's supposed to do, but somebody is going to betray him. And here he thinks it's Annabeth, or he thinks possibly Grover, but I, I don't think he thought it so much him. Uh, that's why he chose Grover, because he knew he'd never betray him. And he, I guess, figured it was going to be Annabeth that betrayed him. And then to find out that it was Luke all along. And I think that's probably one of the biggest differences from the book to the TV series was that ending. When Luke uh, finally divulges that he is working with Kronos and you have this whole big plot of Zeus going to war with Poseidon because 
uh, Zeus, somebody stole his thunderbolt. He thinks it was uh, Percy because of Poseidon and his, you know, he'd send his son to steal it. You have this whole big threat of war between the gods. And then to find out it is Kronos, uh, the father of Zeus, that is trying to get out of Tartarus and to come back and take his rightful place. And you have Luke working with him and that whole big reveal. In the story, in the, in the adaptation, it is a little more Luke isn't trying to hurt Percy. He just wants him to join him, join me in the dark side sort of situation. Where in the books, I think Luke actually does try to kill Percy. And not knowing the books, I don't know how that plays out down the road whether Luke gets some sort of redemption or if he's totally unredeemable. That, as somebody that hasn't read the books, that's what I'm interested in seeing where this goes in the next season. But from what I understand of the the book, and, and I'll, I'll be and I'll be straightforward with you, uh, I went to Wikipedia and read the synopsis of the Lightning Thief book. And and from what I can tell, it, it did hit all of the the main plot points. It did hit all of the main monsters that you saw in the book. Uh, Whether things played out exactly like the book, uh, I I don't know. As I said, I didn't read it. But uh, for me, I'm fairly confident that I got a pretty good representation of the book in this series. And and hopefully they continue that. Now, I'm sure there's people out there that read the book and they're like, Oh, you are way... Off on that one, brother. Well, maybe I am. But just purely from a sitting down and watching this story about gods and demigods and Greek mythology and monsters and humans and all of this, I really enjoyed it. I've always been interested in Greek mythology. I love Clash of the Titans, uh, the original one, not so much the the newer adaptation of it, but uh, b- back in the, the 80s. With Clash of the Titans, when that came out, uh, shit, what was that? 1981? Uh, I really loved that movie. It was so fanciful and all the you know, stop motion animation that they used to bring some of these monsters to life was just fascinating back then. And I love the story and I love so much. There's so many nods to maybe not so much that story, but the story in general of Perseus and and Medusa and all these fanciful creatures that Perseus comes across, the the Pegasus that I have to imagine we're going to see Percy Jackson riding one day, uh, not knowing the books. I I have to imagine you're going to see that sooner or later, uh, much like you did in Clash of the Titans. But there's just so many nods to Greek mythology and the Greek mythology that we saw in a, a film like Clash of the Titans. It really was fun and it was an enjoyable story with these uh, a modern telling of these characters and and I for one really enjoyed it because I enjoyed the actors. I thought like I said those three main actors, Walker Scoble, Leah Jeffries, Ariane Shamadi, I thought those three actors did a really good job. The supporting cast all did a really good job. There was a lot of really fun and interesting cameos that I would like to see us get a little more out of in the next story. Again, I'm not sure where the rest of this book series goes as far as who we get more of and who we don't, but uh, I'm interested to see what characters they expand upon and give us more of a story with them and and the actors that portray them to to see uh, where they go from there with with some of these some of these characters. And unfortunately, I will be interested to see how they recast the Zeus character and 
Uh, I hope whoever it is, uh, they they do the characters justice, much like I thought Lance Reddick did and and would have done for the continuation of this series. So it'll be interesting to see how all of that plays out. I don't know if they're going to get five seasons to tell this whole story. I hope they do, because I think this is one of those instances where uh, Disney got uh, an adaptation right, or at least modern Disney got an adaptation right. And that's not so much Disney, that's more on the showrunners and the producers and the directors and the writers of this series. But uh, I hopefully they get a chance to continue this series. And I, for one, am quite interested in seeing uh, season number two, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Sea of Monsters. So hopefully we won't have to wait too long for that. So I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the first season based on the Lightning Thief book. Uh, Really good actors, uh, really good. I I thought the special effects, I didn't really talk too much about the special effects, but I thought the special effects were pretty decent. I've seen better CG, but I've also seen a hell of a lot worse CG, but I thought the CG was, was pretty good and from a special effects standpoint and a visual effects standpoint, I thought all of the the effects were were really good and really enjoyable and nothing really took me out of the story, which is all you can really ask for with CG and visual effects like that. So I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on Percy Jackson and the Olympians, a really good series that I'm hoping we get to see a lot more from down the road. And it all starts with the second season. Hopefully we'll get that sometime in the near future. But hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did and look forward to the second season as much as I do. You can find out more about what's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on our Facebook and Instagram pages. We're always posting about horror, fantasy, and science fiction as well as our latest episodes. And no matter where you listen to this podcast, please like, subscribe, follow it, uh, leave a review, five stars would be awesome. But most importantly, share this podcast with anyone that you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!